beyond reality. That is what we are looking at. And uh, I've been on this now for week number seven, I believe. And I'm going to take this to the end of the month. And for those who are here for the first time, uh, let me just give it to you in a sentence. The life of faith requires you to live beyond your current circumstance. Uh, we've been looking at how God is able to reclaim something greater from last week. It may look bad to you. You may not like it. It may not make sense. But know that God is able to reclaim something greater. And we left our series looking at this baby solution. You guys remember that? Right? God sends a baby solution to help the people. And we understood that sometimes some of the things that we are struggling with are so small in the sight of God that a baby can solve it. And obviously we know that that baby is none other than Jesus. Okay, happy Sabbath, everybody. All right, man, I'm like, whew, something is up in here. So if you have your Bibles, I would like for us to quickly jog to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to continue that passage and we're going to reflect on verse number 8 until verse number 12. And for, what I'm, for what, I, what I'm about to do for the rest of this month to wrap up this series, I'm going to help you to understand what are some things that are keeping you from living beyond reality. So today is one. Next week is the second thing. And at the end, I'm going to tell you the third thing that is keeping you from living beyond reality. If you got your Bibles, kindly stand with me in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 8. Read that together. Please stand for the reading of the scripture as we get into it this morning. This is what it says. Please stand for the reading of the scripture. And when you say, when you, when you got it, say, Pastor, I got it. All right, all right. I don't. I hear this side. What about this side? You got it. Everyone, you got it. All right, sister, did it? You got it. Yeah. All right, you got it. This is what it says. Then the Lord, then the Lord, the Lord sent has sent a word against Jacob, and it will fall on Israel. All people will know Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria who say in pride and in arrogance of heart, the bricks have fallen. But we will rebuild with the dressed stones. The sycamores have been cut down, but we'll, we will put cedars in their place. But the Lord raised adversaries of resin against him and stirs up his enemies. Watch this. The Syrians on the east, Timor, and the Philistines on the west, Barat, devour Israel with an open mouth, Makan. For all this, his anger is not turned away, and his hand is stretched out still. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Let us pray. Father God, as we get into your word, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to know if you know this song. Frankie, can you play it, please? You can't touch this. You guys know this song? You can't touch this. Come on now. Come on. I know you're feeling it. Yeah. Are we in church or what? 
See, MC Hammer dropped this song in 1989. He called this song, You Can't Touch This. And in this song, he's talking about his exploits and his explosion as a rapper. And I caught a few lyrics that I want you to pay attention to this morning. In one line, or as, as rap artists say, in, in one bar, he says like this, It feels good when you know you're down. A super dope homeboy from Oaktown. And I'm such, and this is a beat, uh, you can't touch. Look in my eyes, man. You can't touch this. You let the bus, <laughs> I'm even laughing. <laughs> you let me bust the funky lyrics. You can't touch this. He says again, I toured around the world from London to the Bay. It's Hammer. Go Hammer. MC Hammer. Yo, Hammer. And the rest can go and play. You can't touch this. When you look at rap artists, truly, you can't touch them. Look at the chains that are around on their neck. The bling bling, the floss, mm, mm, mm. Uh, Look at the cars that they drive. Look at the mansions that they live in. But what I've discovered is that that's a life that you can't touch because it's a life that has been created. We look at our favorite celebrities, we look at what's going on with them, and we truly feel like we can't touch this. None of us are rap artists. There are no MC Hammers here. I I see doctors. I see teachers. I I see students. I see parents. I I see common people. Uh, But could we also be saying you can't touch this? Uh, Could we be saying by the degrees that we have, You can't touch this academically. Could we be saying that because of the money that we got in the bank account, you can't touch this? Could we be saying by the trips that we take, you can't touch this? Could we be saying by the vacation spots we go to, uh, the the Bali's and the Raja Amparts, you can't touch this? When we rock the new shoes, could we be saying, you can't touch this? I'm on another level. I want you to meet a kingdom that was also saying, you can't touch this. This kingdom we know as northern Israel. Before, Israel was a nation of 12 tribes, but because of Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, who who also said, you can't touch this, when people asked him to reduce the taxes, when people asked him to reduce the workload, when, when people said, please, do not draft our sons into the army anymore. Can you give us a reprieve? Uh, Rehoboam says, my little finger is going to be thicker than my father's loins. In other words, you can't touch this. So Jeroboam and the rest of the ten tribes said, you know what? Rehoboam, we can't touch you. That's cool. We're going to form our own nation. And therefore, in the history of Israel, we now have two kingdoms. We have the northern kingdom and we have the southern kingdom. Uh, the northern kingdom becomes Israel. The southern kingdom becomes Judah. Uh, the, the capital city of the north is Samaria. 
And the capital city of the south is Jerusalem. But you know how it is sometimes, Sister Valerie, that some of the things that you're running from are the very things that you start to run with. Some of us are running, run away from our parents' controlling attitude, but now we are parents and we control our kids. Some of you said, I'll never be like my dad. I'll never be like my mom. But you are, very, you are just like them. <laughs> Some of you said, I will never supervise like that supervisor when I got my first job. But now you're supervising. You are doing the very same thing. You, you said, I will never be in a gossiping group. But now you are the one leading the gossip. Uh, you said, I will never do politics in the country, in the company. But now you're doing politics in your company right now. Sometimes the things we're running away from are the things we're running with. And they're the things that are running, are running us. And watch this. The northern kingdom said, we don't want a king who says I can't touch. He, he can't be touched. We don't want a king who is proud. But the very thing that they ran from, they became. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The bricks have fallen. <laughs> but we will rebuild with dress stones. The sycamores have been cut down, but we will put cedars in their plates. Available to the northern kingdom were mud bricks. Sister Tabby, mud bricks, you could simply go anywhere around the, 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 the country. You could go to the back of your house and simply get mud, put water on it, and then you make a brick and build your house. Sister Audrey, available to the northern kingdom where sycamores these were common wood they they were everywhere you could simply cut it from the back of your house and build a beam to roof your house the people in the north have been hit by a calamity an earthquake has hit or they've been attacked by a foreign a foreign enemy but they're saying look that's not a problem for us that's not a difficulty for us. We're going to rebuild. So we are going to make it so good. We're going to make it so nice that we're not going to look for mud bricks. We're going to look for chiseled bricks. We're going to look for things that are, are nice and well built up. We are not going to look for sycamores anymore. We're going to find cedars. In fact, cedars were not growing in the northern kingdom. They had to import them from Lebanon. Uh, this is what I'm trying to tell somebody. Watch this. We can feel so untouchable because we have mastered recovery. See, so, sometimes you got to say amen for some things. The northern kingdom said, we are so good at recovery that we're going to do better than what we have built. And some of us, because we know how to recover, we feel untouchable. I'm coming for you. So you go to the restaurant and you spend over your budget, but you know that the money is coming at the end of the month. It's all good. I'm going to make it up. You got, you got laid off. But you're so good at recovery. 
you know you're going to get a job on Job Street. He or she said, no, I got Tinder to go to. Okay, you you'll don't use Tinder, it's fine. <laughs> some of us are so good at recovery. <laughs> For some of us, the pandemic was like a mosquito. We just, uh, <laughs> it didn't touch us. Because we have plans and we, we have savings and we put it together. What is a downturn? What is low credit? Some of us don't even understand what it means to budget. <laughs> Some of us don't know what it means to save because we got our recovery down packed. Now, now I'm not trying to say that when things happen in your life, you need to be sad and, and cry me a river. I, I, I'm not saying that. I, it's, it's good if you're able to recover after the bump. It's good when you're able to recover after the hits. But I believe that there are some things that should touch you. When something's happening in your life, you shouldn't just brush it off. <laughs> when there's disagreements at home and you can't agree with your loved ones, don't just brush that off. When you can't pray consistently, don't just brush that off. When you're around people that don't have the same understanding as you, and you're always arguing, don't brush that off. I believe that there are some things that should touch us. There are some things that we should be concerned about. But I'm afraid, God's people, that we are so good at recovery, so good at making it up, that we, we don't address the issues we need to address and we pass them by because we know we're going to do it again. We know we're going to get it again. We know we're going to recover. And is there somebody here today who is saying, hey, Pastor, I'm going to recover. <laughs> I know I don't pray enough, but I'm going to recover, Pastor. I don't read the Bible. I'm recover. I, don't, I, don't, I don't even really come to church that much. I don't even like church that much. Lord, I'm going to recover. I'm good. Masters of recovery. You know, what is sad about this situation is that, Sister Lydia, the, 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 the northern kingdom had a great history. When Solomon was king for the north and the south, notice what the text says. Solomon made silver as common in Jerusalem as stone. And cedar as plentiful as sycamore figs. So, so in other words, they knew what it means to live in abundance. So now when they're saying we're going to find cut bricks. We're going to find cedars. They're saying that's in our history. <laughs> Don't you know that that's in our family pedigree? That's in our family name. Do you know who we are? We are, we are the descendants of Solomon. Therefore, we are going to be able to recover. But this is the problem. This was the past. This was something that was gone already. It was a, it was a bygone era. And they were trying to recover capture something that had already been played already and this is what I'm trying to tell somebody that sometimes we develop a you can't touch this attitude not because we're going to do something new but because we're trying to recapture a bygone era and there's somebody today who is trying to recapture a bygone era <clears throat> you're trying to recapture the success of 20 years ago <laughs> man 20 years ago you should have seen me <laughs> I was rolling, I was traveling, 
I was earning. Some of you are saying, when I was in high school, I was popular. <laughs> no, not high school. You guys don't know high school here. SMR, SMP. <laughs> Man, when I, when, I, when I was up in Bali, <laughs> life, life was good. So, so you're so stuck trying to recapture a bygone era that you are living on pause in the present. That you're not able to move ahead because you are talking about before the pandemic, before the pandemic, before the pandemic. Before I got married, before I got married, before I got married. Before I got a job. Before, that's before. What about now? And so you say, yeah, I can recover, but are you really going to recover or are you simply trying to say, how am I going to be able to recapture what I, what, what I did? I don't know about you, but sometimes I go to Starbucks. Do you, go to, do you guys go to Starbucks? I go to Starbucks. But every Starbucks I've been to, whether I go in Pepe, whether I go in Epicentrum, I'm trying to let you know that I know Jakarta, whether I go to East Jakarta, wherever I go, it's always different. The layout is different. The, 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 the store manager is different. The way they greet me is different. So I'm learning to understand and to realize that I cannot capture my last Starbucks experience. I must enjoy my Starbucks experience now. You can't come to JCC and say, last week the sermon was good, so let me see if it's going to be good as last week. No, that was last week. Let's enjoy it now. You can't be saying, me and my husband were good last year. No, that's last year. Now. Make it good. I was praying well last year. That's last year. Now. Some of us are right there always talking about what it was, how it was, how we felt. No. How are you feeling now? How are you living now? You see, when you go to, to Fatahila, is that correct? You get to relive the Dutch era. You, you can get in the Batavia Square <laughs> and you can walk the footsteps of fighters of independence like Diponegoro. You guys didn't know I knew him, huh? I know him. In fact, you can enter Fatahila and watch and see the offices of the old Dutch officers and the governors. And, and you can see where people were imprisoned. In fact, you can go up on the second floor and you can be in the room in which Diponegoro was, was arrested. And you can be looking out in the window. I'm sure where he was looking at. You can recapture that. And I'm afraid that some of us are right here today. Our lives are museums. Our life are uh, simply, uh, simply, simply photo frames of past glory. And God is telling you, let's move ahead. You see, it's dangerous trying to recapture what has been instead of embracing what is. It's dangerous. Because your life is going to pass you by. You got to let high school go. You got to let it go. You got to let that dream go. You're now in Indo. You're not in the Netherlands. You're not in the U.S. You're not in Africa. 
<laughs> That's what's helped me to survive in Indo. Can I tell you? Because <laughs> things are done differently back home. <laughs> if I'm always talking about, oh, my country is like this, oh, I cannot enjoy Indonesia. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> and some of us, we are <laughs> always talking like that. <laughs> no, that, that pastor before, <laughs> some of you have told me like that. That pastor was good. <laughs> that, that's a pastor. <laughs> I'm the pastor now. <laughs> you feel me? I can't be saying that. that no, I, no, no, no. I have to enjoy and appreciate who is here now. And that's how I'm going to enjoy life to the fullest and the best of my ability. That teacher retired. You got a new teacher now. I'm trying to help somebody today. I'm trying to free you today. That You got to embrace the now moment. Yeah, last Thursday I was playing basketball and this brother right here, man, was lighting it up. He was lighting it up. So my friend, this guy with the ball, was hugging him close. So I became upset. <clears throat> I said, hey, bro, we're not playing man-to-man -man defense here. We are playing zone defense. Allow me just to explain a little basketball to you. You can defend in two ways. You can play man-to-man -man defense or you can play zone defense. When you're playing man-to-man -man defense, it means that you're so close to the other player you can smell their breath. <laughs> you can think their thoughts. That's how close you are. But when you're playing zone defense, you play an area. So we are playing zone defense. And this brother was playing man-to-man -man defense. And I was frustrated. I'm right there in the back. You can see me right there in the back. That's my frustration face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, Pastor Henry gets frustrated too. After the game, I said, hey, bro, listen, man. I'm a little bit upset because why were you hugging him so tight? When we're trying to enjoy, I mean, when we're trying to play together as a team, he said to me, bro, how old are you? I said, I'm 34. He says, you know how old I am? Reverse the number, but add, I'm 43. So I've learned that because I'm so old and I don't have as much energy as you, I need to play smart. So instead of me playing the area, let me stay closer to my man so that he doesn't, he doesn't beat me. I, you understand what I'm saying? This man is understanding his situation. He's understanding his place. He, he knows he's not as young as before. He knows his ability is not the same. And that's what somebody here needs to do today. Your ability may not be as what it was 20 years ago. It may not be as what it was five years ago. You may not be able to study like how you study when you're young. You may not be able to run like how you run when you're young. You may not be able to jump like how you jump when you're young. You may not be able to earn and work as hard as you could in the past. You need to figure out what can work for me now. How can I use this now so that I can actually survive and live my life? Instead of me trying to be what I'm not, let me be what I am. And you see, those who fail to truly embrace who they are and truly live according to their situation, I call them suffering from UCTT, uh, that you can't touch me disease. You see, the northern kingdom, it had... It had great history because of King Solomon. So it said, uh, we are going to recapture the past because they possessed a great history. Are we, are we together? Now, many of you are possessing a mast today. <laughs> There's nobody in church besides me not wearing a mask right now. That's why I'm staying far. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
But today, masks are so essential that when we see anybody now wearing a mask, we, we, we start to get a little bit uncomfortable. And some of us are so bold to say, you know what, hey, wear your mask. Or if we're not comfortable, what do we do? We take a distance. Why? Because masks are now available. In fact, some of you have more than one mask in your handbags. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you possess a mask. And so a lot of times what happens is, is watch, when we possess something, it makes us feel like we are untouchable. Some of you possess degrees, so you feel untouchable. You can get a job anywhere you want. Some of you possess health, so you feel like, I don't need to wash my hands. <laughs> I'm healthy. Some of you possess connections that you don't even understand what Ganjil Ganap is. <laughs> I know people who don't worry about Ganjil Ganap. Me, I worry about Ganji Ganap. I don't even own a car because when I'm trying to order my grab, I have to figure out, is this odd or even? Some of you possess money, therefore you, you, you don't know what the budget is. Are you feeling what I'm saying? The problem is this, that sometimes we can be so possessed by what we possess that we forget that we are not touchable. That we feel untouchable. And this is a dangerous place to be. And this is exactly where the northern kingdom had come. And that's why we read in the text that the Lord raised adversaries of resin against him and stirs up his enemies. The Syrians on the east and the Philistines on the west devour Israel for all this. His anger is not turned away and his hand is stretched out still. So because the northern kingdom felt we possess history. We are great. God says, I'm going to touch you. The text says, God stretched out his hand and touched them because they felt untouchable. So God says, I'm going to show you how untouchable you are. And whenever you read texts like this in the scripture, that God has touched somebody, that's simply saying, Sister Danik, I'm angry. <laughs> God is saying, I'm angry. And sometimes God doesn't give you a hug. Sometimes God is not going to give you a massage. Sometimes the touch of God is like a push. Because God is angry. Now I know you sensitive people love this image of a saving God. Who love an image of a loving God. You're not comfortable with a God who gets angry. You're not comfortable with a God who gets upset. But today I want us to appreciate a God who touches. Amen somebody. I want us to see that there's something good in a God who touches. I came across a story, y'all. It shook my mind. These two parents, I've just forgotten their name. They're from India. They're suing their son and his, his wife for not giving them a baby, a grandson. And uh, I said, that, that, that's mm, okay. I read a little bit. This is what I discovered. The parents spent $80,000 for the kid's wedding. The parents schooled their son in the U.S. Today, these parents are having to, they had to borrow money to build a house to live. So they said in the lawsuit, we are so stressed. Because our son has given us nothing. At least give us a baby. <laughs> to me, that is a parent 
bullying his child. And I know that some of us are being bullied today. The debt is bullying you. Picking on you. Every time you pick up your call, your phone, you see the debt collectors calling you. Picking on you. Somebody here, the disease is picking on you. You don't sleep at night. Somebody here, the, 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 the friends that you call friends are picking on you because you don't have the latest gadget yet. Being bullied, being picked on. And in our text today, what we have is that the, the, the northern kingdom was picking on the southern kingdom. The text says that the northern kingdom went to make war against the southern kingdom. And this is what happened. Watch this. The text says that when the house of David, the southern kingdom, heard about the, 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 the bullies from the north coming, the text says that they were afraid and they shook as trees of the forest. Somebody today is just like Ahaz and it's just like the southern kingdom. You are being picked on. The habit is picking on you. Bullying on you. You don't have peace. And you're wondering, where am I going to get it? Where is it going to come? And, and, and this is a beautiful thing. The text says God raised up. <laughs> he raised up these enemies to attack the northern kingdom. You're not hearing me today. You're not getting this yet. God raised up enemies to attack the bullies. God said, my sons in the south are being touched. Therefore, I'm going to touch the bullies in the north. And I need somebody to understand. When God sees you being touched, he finds a way to touch him who's touching you. He finds a way to correct the situation. So please, brother and sister, understand, when you see God get angry, it's because God is acting out of love. He's trying to change your story. He's trying to change your situation. And I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what it looks like today, but God is concerned. God is interested to touch whatever is touching you. And so I'm glad this morning that when I feel bullied, when I feel put down, when I feel like I am no good for nothing, God says, Henry, you're not no good for nothing. You're not simply to be bullied. No, I got your back. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of this situation. And I need somebody to understand that God is more powerful than anything that bullies you. That's a weak amen, but that's all right. I'm going to say amen for you. Amen. My amen is even weak. Amen. <laughs> so I'm coming from school and I'm walking. Brother Malolo, I'm walking. I'm just doing my thing. I'm going, to, I'm going home. And then this big, this big boy, Dickie, come here for a moment. Come here. Let me, let me use you. I'm walking. So just, just walk slowly, though. I'm walking. I'm like, hey, man, what did I do to you? I didn't eat your lunch. What's up? He kept pushing me, bullying me. So I just kept walking. I said, okay, we're going to see. You can sit down, Dickie. I went home, and I became dramatic. Went to my brother Fred, my big brother. I said, hey, Fred. What he do? He, he, he put it. My brother got out of the house. He found the bully because we were neighbors. He beat him up, 
threw him in a ditch, in a ditch that had these uh, itchy plants. <laughs> and, and, and my brother says to me, if he ever touches you again, let me know. <laughs> After that day, <laughs> I'm walking home. Man, I was walking differently. <laughs> I saw him. I said, what you going to do? <laughs> because, 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 watch this. Because I had somebody <laughs> who fought for me. I had a big brother who said, I got your back, Henry. And I want you to know, the Bible says, therefore, in all things, he has made like his brothers and his sisters, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Do you know you got a big brother? Your big brother is Jesus. And when the bills are pushing on you, call on Jesus. When you're being put down at the office, call on Jesus. When the disease is damaging your body, call on Jesus. In all things, the text says, he had to be made like his brother so that he could help them in their struggle. Jesus knows you. Jesus understands because he went through it. A doctor can give you a wrong diagnosis. I was being told yesterday that some hospitals, you got to make sure you get twice the diagnosis. I remember one hospital I went to. I'm not going to say the name because you may be discouraged. I went there twice. I saw a GP one day and I went to see an internist the next day. Both those doctors gave me the same medicine. I said, man, I'm going to die. Some of you, your brothers are always picking on you. Your sisters are always picking on you. You're always being put down as the little. Jesus is a big brother. He's fighting for you. He's taking care of you. Let me drop this real quickly. Let me drop this real quickly. And I'm wrapping this up. You see, God was showing the southern kingdom that I fight bullies. And the reason why God was doing this is because people in the southern kingdom had also become bullies. Let me show you. Notice what happened. Woe to those who, woe to the writers who keep writing oppression to turn aside the needy from justice, to rob the poor of my people of their right, that widow may be, may be their spoil, that they may make the fatherless their prey. This is what was going on in the southern kingdom. Because you know what happens? Often the bullied become bullies. And so they find their pleasure in bullying somebody else who is weaker than them. So God is saying to the south, I will take care of your big bullies, but make sure you do not become bullies as well because I will touch you too. And today God is telling somebody, stop being a bully. 
they don't have to go to the same school as you went. They don't have to drive the same car you drive. Husbands, stop bullying your wives. Wives, stop bullying your husbands. Siblings, stop bullying your little ones. Be an Aban. Uh, be a Kaka in the real sense. Protect your little ones. The grandparents and the grandmothers, protect those who are under you. Stop being a bully. Stop saying, I can do what I want. Here's what I need you to know. MC Hammer was sued by Rick James. Because the song, You Can't Touch This, he copied it from Rick James. So Rick James says, hey man, I know I can't touch you, but I know the court can. So he sued him. Today God is saying somebody, God is suing somebody today. You feel untouchable. God is saying, no, let me touch every area of your life. Let me be involved in it all. Let me help you. Because if you're going to truly live beyond reality, I must be able to touch every area of your life. You're saying today, Pastor, I want to tell God you can touch this. I want God to be involved in my life. I want things to change. I don't want to be a bully anymore. I don't want to feel like I'm being bullied. Is anybody like that? Lord, you can touch this. Every head is bowed. Every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, thank you. Today we know you can touch this. Today we know that you can do something. And we're asking you to help us to allow you to touch every area of our life. Bless us, Lord, and guide us. For this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, yeah, I know that that word did something to you and you want to respond. And I want to give you the opportunity to respond. The number is on the screen. Reach out to us. To us. We want to pray with you. We want to counsel you. We want to study with you. And perhaps today you're saying you want to give your life over to Jesus. That is the best decision you can ever make. And you can make that too. We are here to serve your needs. We're here to take care of you. And we'd be more than glad to help you transition to the level of faith you need to live. If the Lord has inspired you to partner with, with us in ministry, please do the same as well. The account number is on the screen. And please give us uh, any love gift in any amount that God has inspired you to give. And I, I bet and I believe that it is going to take us to the next level of proclaiming the love of Jesus. May God bless you. And I'm going to see you very soon. Take care.